0: Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash Pure Leaf and enter twenty Pure Leaf. That's twenty Pure Leaf for twenty percent off your purchase of new Pureleaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Welcome to the Dave Chang Show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network, presented by Major Duma Media. We have another installment of Bad Movie Club. And we have chosen our engineer extraordinaire, Isaac Lee.
1: Engineer? Wow. Producer.
0: Engineer. <laughs> you just demoted singer. me on the spot. Well, that's how I think on about air. it. A, yeah, yeah. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. Wow, okay. We'll see if that demotion is permanent uh, <laughs> when we come to the end of this <laughs> oh. podcast. No. Oh, uh, no. Uh, we... Asked him for his choice for a movie. And he gave us a movie I've never heard of in my entire life.
1: Mm-hmm. What If? Yeah. Also known as the F word in Canada.
0: Is that part of the title? What If? Parentheses. Also known as the F word in Canada?
1: No, 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 no. <laughs> no. Of course, obviously not. It's known as the F word in the United States. It's a Canadian film. It's titled The F word. But because America is stupid... They had to change the name to What If to qualify for PG-13. I don't know why, and uh, it's called The F Word, a.k.a. What If.
0: Well, I was happy to do this podcast, and I think I might have enjoyed the movie way more than I originally did, because I watched Mm. it after last night's debates. (laughs) So did I. Um, Same. Man, I'm not joking. That was one of the roughest things I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. I was so mad. It was
1: not great. I I just
0: have no words other than dismay and sadness at the state of our elected officials. But needless to say, you know, if you are an immigrant kid, make sure your parents don't fucking vote Trump or anybody that's a friend of yours. Don't let them vote Trump. Um, Mm -hmm. But we now have Chris on because he's been setting up his podcast gear, and he's sort of exhausted because you don't understand, guys. Chris Yang has to hear me drone on and on and on, platitude (laughs) after platitude, 12 hours a day. And we just got onto this call with Isaac after an hour-long creative meeting about the TV shows we're making for Hulu. And I'm sorry, Yang. You got to fucking hear me all the time.
2: The only problem is now people think there's just like going to be this unreleased, they're going to like release the chain cut of all of our, our whole day oh of conversations.
0: <laughs> um, but let's, before we go into the what if, I think it's a good starting point to talk about what we were just talking about, Chris, something we talked about in the book. We've been spending a lot of time making shows that we can't go quite into detail but I think we've been making mistakes. And with all the sort of projects that we have, the podcasts, the media projects that we have going on, what did we identify today in our big call today?
2: I mean, a couple of things. One is we are running at full speed in 500 different directions, trying to create 18 different shows and concepts and podcasts all at once. We are cooks in the weeds Mm -hmm. is what we have identified here. We are deeply in the weeds, and like a young greenhorn cook, you know, it's fucked up, Dave, because you and I have talked about this many, many times. Actually, one of our sort of like seminal, like, oh, we're going to be friends moments was you asked me one time early on, before I had heard you talk about this a million times, like, Chris, you used to work in kitchens. What happens when you're in the weeds? And I correctly said, you stop, you get organized, you clean up your station, and you, you move ahead. And what does a dumb young cook do? Tries to keep up, tries to cook faster. Thinks if I if I just if I can just round the corner here, if I can just cook six more steaks in the next thirty seconds, I'll get there. And you end up falling apart. So that was that was one thing that that that, that we talked about just now. And that that is you know maybe that's too much inside baseball.
0: That's not inside baseball. I think it's the heart of it, and um, I think it's important to talk about because this just happened, and we were going over a concept that we're working on, and we just sort of realized, or I realized, wait, this is deja vu because this is the same fucking problem we have on these two other concepts that we're working on. And it dawned on me, our workflow is incredibly stupid.
2: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, what happens is you end up with, in a kitchen, you end up with 15 dishes that are each 80% done. (laughs) Yeah. And all a fucking mess. And nothing actually gets complete. And you've got to complete a dish. And Jerry Salt says it, right? Like, he's always saying, like, do the work, put it out.
0: And unfortunately, I like doing the work more than most. Um, <laughs> and we're going to probably write another book like that. Uh, they had everything I learned in life, I learned in kindergarten. Everything I learned in <laughs> life, I learned in the kitchen. Um, that's pretty good. So that's going to be a, a very awkward segue into the Bad Movie Club. But <laughs> No, no, let me try it. Let me try this. Yeah, yeah, let me try, try, to find, try to find a thread. <laughs> Do a thread. <laughs> let me find the segue. Another thing that we
2: talked about and we talk about frequently is there are no dumb ideas, right? And we've got to look far and wide and not be snooty about anything. The number of shows that Dave Chang watches mm. <laughs> with an average quality that is much lower than you would think sometimes makes me question how many hours are in Dave Chang's day because he will watch everything. If we're going sh- to make a reality, this isn't saying too much, Dave. If we're going to make competition food shows, Dave will watch every single one of them. He will watch stuff that he hates, I will watch it along with him. I'm learning to watch things that I hate just to be like, listen, if I hate this, I have weird taste because most people like this. I like weird things in my own time. But if most people like things like, oh, I don't know, Mm. (laughs) rom-coms, shitty rom-coms, maybe -hmm. there's something there that I need to watch just to understand what the appeal is. That's my segue and I don't wow. believe it at all because fucking rom coms, dude. Isaac Lee, your job of convincing <laughs> us that this yeah. shit has value is going to be monumental. Yeah, yeah, you know what? Uh, I, okay. I, I'm
0: trying to I'm trying to artificially be nice oh on this God. podcast because I feel like there's a I don't think it's hate mail, but a growing sentiment of Hey, you are really not pleasant to Isaac, and I, I disagree. <laughs> I'm being a hyung.
1: Yeah, this you is are. Korean culture. This, this is Korean, Korean culture. culture. Yeah. Today's Korean Thanksgiving, by the way. Happy Chuseok. Yeah.
0: So I'm being a hyung. And that's basically the
1: nicest I can be, and I'm oh trying
0: to be artificially nice.
1: I mean, emotional trauma is a very uh, integral part of. Well, Korean. I think
0: that you did that to me,
1: Isaac. I you did? emotionally
0: traumatized me by making me watch this movie yesterday. Oh my god!
1: <laughs> I can't believe. Okay, all right. I knew I was going to take a beating, so I'm no, at least I'm a not little trying bit to married. A
0: beating. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, anyway, going back to this sh- this movie, what if? My blood was fucking boiling after the debates. Uh I was so angry, so fucking angry. I drank a beer and then I was like, I don't know if I can watch this fucking movie. What if? And I couldn't get it downloaded on Amazon Prime. So I had to buy it and um, I bought the movie, FYI, because I was like, "Maybe, (laughs) maybe Isaac is right. Maybe he's. You want to give me a movie that I'm going to enjoy watching time and time and time again. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just go back to this, like, I don't know, a movie that I just love. So for, I bought it. For I the record,
1: I, didn't, I did not think you were going to like it or you were going to come back to it. I, but we'll get into that.
0: So I took a shower because I actually sweat through my shirt after the mm-hmm. debate. <laughs> understandable. <laughs> so understandable. And then we sat down and we watched it. And then I know that this is going to be a movie my wife likes because she starts to like wiggle her toes under the blanket. Mm -hmm. And I was like, she loves rom coms. Like Serendipity is that's a good. That you know what we should do a movie review on Serendipity. Yeah, because honestly, I think it's one of the best, most hilarious movies of all
1: time. It's great. It's so funny. It's not a romantic comedy. It's just a comedy. It makes no sense, but yeah, it is great.
0: And I, I knew this was going to be right for her. And cut towards the end and it goes the you know the film fades to black, credits roll, and she said, "How are you going to talk about this movie?" <laughs> <laughs> How are you uh, going to talk about
1: this movie? Maybe we should have had Grace instead of you.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, listen, I like rom-coms. I just I don't know what to think about this. I've a lot of mixed emotions about this movie.
1: Mhm. Okay.
0: For a movie
2: that had both Harry Potter and Kylo Ren in it, I enjoyed this movie a lot less than I thought I was going to. But, Isaac Lee, this is your favorite... You said this in an email to us. Almost to... Isaac sent me an email that I think was like partially just like, hey, here's some stuff I want to talk about, but also partially just like, hey, please don't burn me too hard. (laughs) It was like, this is my favorite... Isaac Lee said, this is my favorite movie, favorite film of all time. Not even just in the rom-com genre. What If, starring Mm -hmm. Daniel Radcliffe, is your favorite movie of all time. Can you just, why why don't you start us off by telling us what this movie is about?
1: Yeah, so the movie What If, it's a Canadian romantic comedy set in Toronto, filmed entirely on location in Toronto and Dublin, starring Daniel Radcliffe as Wallace, Zoe Kazan as Chantry, Adam Driver, aka Kyle Ren, as Alan and Mackenzie Davis. If you've ever heard of her, great actress, as Nicole, and it's just like a very kind of normal Mackenzie
0: and Chantry. Hmm, let me guess.
1: Mackenzie Davis <laughs> skin... is the actress. Well, let me guess name. what
0: skin color? What skin color they
1: are? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no, it's a very white movie. Um, that's one of my big criticisms of the movie. Um, but it's a rom com that explores a man and a woman. Very heteronormative, I guess. They are instantly attracted to each other. But the woman, Shantri, already has a boyfriend. And it is the hijinks that ensue after H- the hijinks? meeting. Not, <laughs> not hijinks. You call that hijinks? <laughs> well, it's their it's friendship progressing and turning into eventually a romantic relationship. Spoiler alert. But to explain why I said it was my favorite movie of all time. It's not the best movie I've ever seen. It's not, it's not even the best rom-com I've ever seen. I don't even think it's the best in its own genre. It's just a movie that I have personal sentimental attachment to because it's a movie that really strikes my sense of humor. It's the woody banter kind of humor. And it's also just like an entertaining watch. It's a tight hour 40. Like there's nothing in it that like drags. It's just like a really decent romantic comedy that I... For some reason, just come back to over and over again and just watch. It's such an easy watch for me. And it's like comfort food. This isn't caviar, you know? Like this is kind of like like sundubu jjigae. Like this is something that to me… Which is like a weird comparison. But to me, it's something that I'm very comfortable with of just watching. Um, I own it. I own the DVD. The American version and the Canadian version. I'm holding it up in our Zoom. Um, (laughs) Jesus, uh, dude. I've seen it over upwards of a hundred times. It's just a, a oh good time God. that I know I'm guaranteed to have a good time. And furthermore, I, I do have a few things I want to talk about why romantic comedies are seen as lowbrow. But I want you guys to react to this first.
0: Well, my initial reaction is I think that the director, Michael Douse, has compromising information <laughs> about your life. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. <Obviously. laughs> And he's pulling a KGB <laughs> trick. <laughs>
2: yeah, are you oh an inv- are you an investor in this movie? <laughs> no, Isaac? just like no, what, what is No, the no, here? no.
1: I don't know. When I first saw it, I was in college. I was like coming off of a like a very traumatic, you know, a romantic experience. Let's say, and like it was like a it was a movie that impacted me in a very vulnerable part of my life, and it just stuck with me. It's like the kind of movies that you watch when you're I don't know. I think I was nineteen when I watched it. So, let me first say, maybe understatement of the year
2: is that this is a white movie. This is like... Oh, yeah. There's, there's like a very, whole new shade of white. Like, you can't even... Human eyes can't even look at how bright this whiteness is on this movie. It is it
1: very, is extremely very Caucasian. It is extremely uh, Caucasian. That's one of my I, big I, I'm critiques. Gonna,
0: I'm going to tell you, you know, I spend a lot of time in Toronto, in the <laughs> Ontario area. Uh-huh. I would also say that... One of the things that's amazing about Toronto is it is incredibly diverse.
1: It is it's probably so the diverse. defining thing of Toronto is that it's a diverse city. Shout like, out
0: ex ringer Danny Chow yeah, yeah. in Ontario. Yeah. Um, I don't think there was a single person that wasn't white until you got to the former Miss Rob Stark in Dublin.
1: Una Chaplin, yeah. Yeah. So you had to go to Dublin to yeah, find someone no. that wasn't white. No, it's a problem. It's definitely a, a big problem. I mean, it's written by a Torontonian. So, Elan Mastai, who, who also produced the movie, Like, I, I don't understand why the casting choices were made the way that they were made. It doesn't make any sense. It's not realistic at all.
2: Now, let me ask you another thing, Isaac. And I, I'm going to ask you this in a gentle way. And you were getting into it a little bit. But I, and I'm going to be very honest here. As I was watching this movie, several times I was like, Isaac has either been desperately in love with somebody who had a boyfriend or no. was cheated on and became a, a very angry person because there's no way you have this kind of intense attachment without this resonating
0: or, deeply with you or he's a proud boy member or
1: he's oh my boy. this is nope none of those things are true especially the stand last by.
0: one stand by oh, right, stand by oh Jesus stand by
1: uh, uh, I regret the fact that we're doing this the day after the debate. This is, this is tainting my experience. You know how long I've wanted to talk about this movie on A Ringer podcast for the entirety of my tenure here and this I can't believe this is the format in which you are doing it where I, I'm acting as a defense attorney for the movie? No,
0: man. This is your eight-mile shot. You're a rabbit. This is your fucking your chance. This is your chance. <laughs> Don't blow it. You got one shot. <laughs> No, the well, the, DJ hit that shit.
1: Fucking, fucking a No, um, no. My experience, my romantic experience prior to watching this movie was not one that related with it specifically or in any way. It was just, I don't know. It was like a feel good. It was like an escapist kind of thing of like, oh, look at these people like making it work somehow, and like love is complex and relationships are complex and. Nothing is as one-sided and as cartoonish as you would want to believe as a kid. Like,
0: I, Listen, I, for the record, I thought it was a, a movie that wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. And mm-hmm. it was a movie that I could see why you would find it to be very enjoyable. I'm not taking that away from you. Okay. I think there were also a couple moments that really did make me think about things. And what I was not expecting was the darkness of the movie. Okay. Without really going into the sinister parts of it. And I think it lost credibility for me with the
1: happy end. Ah, uh, okay. Interesting. I agree with that. I, I actually think that that
2: is a little bit of the... So throughout the movie, Adam Driver is actually telling Harry Potter, like, hey, you can't do this. There's, here's all the reasons why you shouldn't go after this. My cousin, who has right. a boyfriend... Like it's like here's incest. here's your yeah I mean here's like all the possible outcomes right you can like sit around and wait you know then you're pathetic you can mm-hmm. try to undermine it then you're you know conniving
1: sleazy you're conniving sleazy. Yeah. there's only
2: so many approaches so why would you do this you got to move on and then I do like the ambiguity that her boyfriend Ben is actually not overtly a bad guy yeah. there's no scene of him cheating there's no scene of him you know hurting her he seems pretty loving but then you know, the end wraps up so quickly. Like she gets mad at him. She yeah. breaks up with him and she ends up marrying Harry Potter shortly thereafter. I'm sorry, what is his name? Are you going to keep is- calling him well, Harry Potter? I can't remember his the, the name the movie. The character's
1: name is Wallace. Okay. I mean, it's part of many jokes that, you know, they call him Walter. <laughs> There's a walrus reference in the <laughs> scene at the lake.
2: I do agree with Dave. There was a couple of moments where I was watching this and, and like there was a few moments where I was like, they should call this movie what the actual fuck and not what if. But there were other <laughs> moments where I was like, I'm kind of enjoying this. And you know,
0: after the debate, I'm feeling, I'm feeling okay watching this thing. Yeah. Anything was better than that. So that's why (laughs) I, I just thought it could have been a more accurate commentary on the sinister aspects of having our crush on somebody. Mm -hmm. And I would have much preferred that awkwardness at the end because what, it loses all credibility to tie it in a perfect bow and they get married and all of this shit. And I'm sorry, spoiler, uh, what a surprise. But <laughs> yeah, it would have been better if it ended like, you know, Great Expectations. Oh, interesting.
1: Or something interesting. like that.
0: You know, where okay. not, not the fucking movie, the actual book, motherfuckers, where, you know, they don't actually get together. Or like, mm-hmm. you know, that to me is real life. <laughs> the real life Wallace is the person that is never... Wallace has shown no aptitude in his life, which mm-hmm. is accurately demonstrated by the best part of the movie, Adam Driver, yeah. who's a fucking giant in the film. <laughs> He's <laughs> so much, that's much
2: taller that. than Daniel Radcliffe. He's Ryan. so much but, bigger, but, yeah. but
0: really quick, for listeners out there, will you please comment
2: if you would buy a shirt that says, not the movie, the actual book, motherfuckers?
1: Because I would like
0: to put that on a copy <laughs> We're going to make mug. some merch. I would like to put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> I would like to make some merch out of that. Yeah. If you would buy that, please let us know. He is a, such a good actor and he's hilarious yeah. in his presence. He's so good. And when he's telling him about basically how it's all going to work and how Ben is this person with a job, he's good looking, he pays the bills. He's this perfect nacho. A, yeah, he's yeah. perfect nacho. And you have Wallace as this freaking bruised banana. Mm-hmm. For all intents and purposes, Wallace, aka Harry Potter, <laughs> is a failure. Like I've been Wallace in so much of my life. A lot of my friends are Wallace. So I know this person. I think we all know this person. I have been this person at some point where you're like, nothing's going to work. Obviously he had prospects. You can't be too much of an idiot to be a doctor. He dropped out of medical school and now he's making manuals and he just doesn't have much going for him. He lives in the attic of his sister's house very rarely does someone get out of that situation. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm like, mm, this is a Harry Potter spell.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a sequel to the 8th yeah. Harry Potter so, movie. This is
2: Speaking of Harry Potter, like, oh, okay, so I want to talk about a couple of little visual tropes in this movie and get your take. Okay. So, the opening scene of this movie is Harry Potter sitting on top of a roof, like literally the top of a house roof, a two-story house, looking yeah. over like a vista of... Toronto, sparkling night sky. And Voldemort
0: uh, shooting through
2: the air <laughs> with Death uh. First of all, I was like, I was like, dude, I didn't know you could like you could use a Wingardium Leviosa to get yourself up to the top of a building. That's fucking Shut awesome, up. Harry. <laughs> you guys but come on man, oh, you've, got man. To, you've got to admit like like a yeah. person sitting on their rooftop staring yeah. out into the fucking horizon. shouting out Excelsior <laughs> like that's not that was not a good start Isaac that was not Harry a good start
0: Harry Potter is a magical wizard <laughs> he's a powerful magical wizard
1: no it's a, fulfill it's... the
0: prophecy Harry <laughs>
1: It's a very. There's a lot of very like predictable things that do happen in the movie. It's part of the genre. It does a lot of the tropey things. I mean, the way that it ends, like, would a realistic story end that, the way that it ends? Hell no. But because this is the way that the framing of the story, so that's the genre. Well, that's part of the listen, genre. It is
0: a rich dialogue, and I think it's great. And not a surprise that it was based on a theater production, toothpaste mm-hmm. and cigars. Toothpaste, cigars. Yep. And a lot of that, like especially when they're in the diner and they're having that chat about what is the most disgusting things that leads to like Elvis. They're talking about how big your shits are and stuff like that. Right. Like, those are things that were lifted from the play 100%. And that's what made it real. There are moments of dialogue that make it seem incredibly real. Mm-hmm. And again, not tropey, yeah. which I enjoyed. But I just couldn't appreciate Harry Potter not <laughs> casting us. You know. I mean, effectively, he casts a spell. He gave himself like poly juice or something, and he turns into a fucking knight in sharding armor. And I'm just like, what the fuck? <laughs>
1: that's bullshit first of all I want to appreciate the fact that I remember Cheng when we first met you had never read any of the Harry Potter books you would never watched no. any of the movies you know
0: why I just googled it motherfucker he's
1: <laughs> <laughs> like holy juice holy, holy juice, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> whatever juice <laughs> that is uh, <laughs> I want to appreciate the fact this is Grace's doing I know for a fact this is Grace's yeah. doing that she has educated you and, and she has made you into uh, an intellectual who knows these cultural references of Harry Potter first of and, all
0: and you know what my house is
1: Uh Hatterpuff, whatever the fuck it's called, (laughs) Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff.
0: You're a Hufflepuff?
1: (laughs) I I would not have guessed.
0: I'm a Hufflepuff. Okay. I'm a I'm gonna bring this whole Hufflepuff house down. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! First of all, first of all. As a Hufflepuff member, I'm changing the fucking name.
1: Uh, yeah, the name is tough. The name is—it's bad branding. It's not—it's not great branding. Well, it's what? like
2: in the movie where they try to come up with names for Cool Whip, right? We can just, just Cool Whip. We're, yeah.
0: we're changing our name to
1: Excelsior. <laughs> How many R's at the end? Twelve R's, fifteen R's at the end.
0: Whatever it is, it's better than Hufflepuff. Yeah, man. <laughs> God anything, damn it. Anything is better uh, than Hufflepuff. <laughs> anyway, so that's what I just—I just couldn't believe it, and. There are really good moments in the film. And mm-hmm. the entire time when Grace was talking to me, I said, I understand why Isaac loves this movie. I do. Mm-hmm. I can see this. I know you. And there are a lot of sentimental moments. But what I am surprised by, Isaac, is that you love this bullshit happy ending.
1: I don't. I never said I did. You dislike the ending of this movie? I don't dislike it. I just, I don't think it's good. I think they could have rewritten a better ending for it. So, okay, here's my. Okay,
2: I'm gonna, I'm gonna be reductive here. Isn't every single romantic comedy really defined by the end? It's always, you know, boy meets girl, girl sure. meets boy, girl meets girl, boy meets boy. Will they make it? Yeah, sure. And so everything hinges on that. Everything hinges on whether or not they end up together. So to just be like, eh, it's it, it, yeah. a dumb ending, but it's fine. Like, I do think that is a fatal flaw of this movie. Well, I'll
0: tell you, Isaac, one of the best movies out there was the first before Sunrise.
1: Mm. Yes. You know,
0: and to me, I remember watching. I was probably like sixteen. I remember not knowing really anything. I still don't know anything. And the premise of the film being incredibly simple, but highly complex. And what I loved most is the end of the movie, the way it wasn't supposed to ever end. Uh-huh. I'll see you one day next year at the same time, same place. Right, like right. so open ended. They could have not had it as a depressing ending. They spent all this time building these characters in a very different storyline only to end it, you know?
2: Mm-hmm. I think even if they just ended it with the exchange of the sandwiches and left it open-ended, it would have so been... So
1: that weird. was the original ending in the DVD commentary. Elon Mastai talks about how that's how they were supposed to end it. And then it comes to the territory. Probably the studio was like, hey, you got to have this. This needs to be happy wait, ending. Wait, wait,
0: wait. What was the original ending? Just the exchange of the sandwiches. The exchange-
1: the slow zoom in when they when they meet up again at at Alan's house, they kiss. That's how it's supposed to end. Fade to black credits.
2: Wait,
0: wait, that's still lame too.
2: They wait, 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 Dave, I- we miss we missed something though here. Sorry, I'm sorry, but like Isaac just was like in the DVD commentary.
0: <laughs> yeah, like he's
2: definitely you he watched a hundred times, including watching with the director track, like DVD commentary.
0: Yeah. Hey, can you go to Can you go to a uh, uh, GoDaddy.com and see who owns the F-word.com <laughs> club. I'm pretty sure it's not going to go to Isaac's IP address. Uh, um, no, I, I I would tell you this. If they ended it with him coming back to the diner after fucking Dublin mm-hmm. and then Fade in Black where they're like, you know, they could have done something where it leaves it open ending. I'm not saying like a Soprano last episode ending, but they put so much work into developing how this is going to be a different romantic comedy only to end it like all romantic comedies and i don't give a shit if it's a fucking studio or not it's just that's what ruined it for me right i, I wish the ending was different or like harry potter's dating <laughs> like chantry sister you know like that would have been like a better storyline uh,
2: i mean sure because the whole movie is like they're asking whether there's truth to that idea that a relationship that starts dirty i.e like started by cheating or started you know uh-huh. some you know less than perfect way will always end dirty and dirty and so in this one they kind of answer the question
1: by saying no it won't <laughs> not necessarily not and fistfight dirty
0: and another law, like total lie, having spent a lot of time in Toronto area, there's no way they went skinny dipping in that water without dying of freezing <laughs> temperature.
1: Yeah. Well, okay. I will, I will invoke the DVD commentary one more time oh because they talk God. about that scene and, and they talk about how it was actually a really, really warm day and that the water was actually warm enough for their talent, their actors, to not freeze to death. And they, were, they lucked out basically on that day. But you're absolutely right. They talk about how they worried about how they are going to I saw that.
0: I was like, they must have done that in a studio. There's no way that they were. I was like, no. Chris Grace was looking at that. And she's like, is that their place like that in Toronto? I was like, yeah, there's fucking lakes everywhere.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, they, they did shoot it on location on a warm day. So to answer that question. yes. So
2: speaking of uh, Isaac owning the F word fan club.com. Um, <laughs> another interesting thing that happened was like their relationship kicks off uh, Harry Potter and Chantry's relationship kicks off. Oh,
1: you're really committing to calling him Harry Potter. <laughs> <This> is- <laughs>
2: Harry and Ginny Weasley's uh, relationship <laughs> kicks off by uh-huh. email exchange. They send back and forth these witty... And and, and to your earlier point, Chang, I actually do think that like, the banter is very good. It's very theatrical, and it's very sharp. Yeah. But So they start off with emails, and it's like one of the rare movies where they, you can see the email addresses, and they mm-hmm. say what the email addresses are. So... Have you ever sent an email to yam Eater at uh, <laughs> me.com or championbeefcake champion beefcake, yeah. at hotmail.com? Have you ever sent an email to those addresses? Tell no. me honestly. No, I, I and have not. Why
1: not? Why would you not? That's insane. <laughs> if you see seen this movie a hundred times, you wouldn't try
2: to see what kind of response you would
1: get? Uh, no, no. I've never... I want this movie to inhabit itself and not for me to inhabit the movie. This is, to me, a, hey, just a Isaac, tale. Are you,
0: are, you, are you afraid of winning the game called
1: life? <laughs> <laughs> oh. How God. do you not
2: email those emails if this yeah. is your favorite movie of
1: all It has time. never occurred to me to, to email yam underscore eater at me.com or champion beefcake at hotmail.com like, I'm, actually, I'm actually perplexed by that decision. It's never occurred to me for me to even want to do that. What? Those email addresses are probably owned by some producers who, who never checks it ever. Like That's probably a burner email most likely. Even so, even if just to get the response, it's like, what if is now available
2: on Region 2 DVD in <laughs> Albania? Like, even if just to get that response, it would be worth it, I think.
1: Oh, wait. I'll try. I'll try. Uh, try it report back. Also,
0: I, I, I just thought it was weird how much she sort of like secretly stalked her. What do you mean? In the changing room? Dressing
1: room scene. Yeah, talk about that change. Yeah, that was... That well, was, that seems a little weird. It's, some, it's a scene that I tend to actually skip sometimes on rewatch. Because it's just like a little too romantic. It's like a little too... It's not
0: romantic. It's fucking weird. It's kind of... Yeah,
1: it's kind of creepy. And wrong. But the way that they end the scene, which is that obviously Wallace like opens his eyes and like changes her and whatnot. But then once Wallace closes his eyes again and Chantry's out of the dress, she leans in to kind of like maybe kiss him. That's supposed to establish that there's mutual attraction. It's not one-sided. But... Yeah, I I tend to skip that That scene. That again is
0: a scene that I guarantee was probably lifted straight from the the play. Most likely,
1: yeah. I haven't read the play. I can't find the play anywhere, by the way. (laughs) I've tried. I have tried to find two. What what is your birthday, Isaac? I'm gonna do some eBay. Uh, December 9th. December 9th. (laughs) I
2: got I got a couple months to find this.
1: this
2: Okay.
0: So I I just I thought that was weird and I thought Adam Driver was right the entire time. Mm. I I just like go out and do something. Man, I would watch Adam
2: Driver doing anything.
0: Yeah. Tell her exactly how you feel. Yeah. You know? And I don't know, man. Like, to me, it might be a better play than a movie.
2: Okay. So, movie. Okay, let's talk about the movie part of this, too. So, the, another visual trope. So, Chantry, Chantry. Is, a, uh,
1: is an animator. Yes. So, always has to have her, some her sort,
0: her her. sort of… <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 the rom-com so. female lead always has a creative job. I don't True know change. why.
2: Cho Chang. Just call her Cho Chang. Cho Chang is an animator. (laughs) Cho Chang. They whitewashed Cho Chang. (laughs) White Cho Chang. (laughs) Oh, wait. So was this movie shot during Harry Potter production? No, 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 no. this
1: This was one of his first, one of Radcliffe's first films after the Harry Potter saga has ended. This is like his fourth movie out of that franchise. Oh my God, you were crazy. He never recovered over <laughs> the lost love of Cho Chang. <laughs> the most racist name. So, <laughs> oh, there's Harry some Potter. racist shit we got to
2: talk about here too. Oh, but yeah. first, like she's an animator. And so three or four times in the movie, like there's suddenly like an animated butterfly thing. Yeah, no, it's very, thing. yeah, it's a very. That was kind of, too much for me. Man. Yeah. yeah. That was yeah. like too emo.
0: Can I tell you the better version of this movie right off the bat that I, I love? I think it's a great movie okay. that could have... I don't know what came first was 500 Days of Summer.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: That's a great movie because that's real life. Because <laughs> once you saw the animation, even Grace said that, what's the movie's like? And I was like, no, no, this is exactly like 500 Days <laughs> of Summer. Yeah. Shout out Jordan Gordon-Levitt. I think he's great. Jordan Gordon-Levitt. And Deschanel or Deschanel. a bunch of other people in the fucking movie. Great movie. Great soundtrack. All of that above. I, I think it's hilarious. It's funny. And I disagree. I think people like that movie. But it ends on a sad but optimistic note.
1: Right? True. He meets a girl named Autumn is how that ends. Um, yeah. But I also enjoy 500 Days of Summer. And I don't know. I don't. I've never harped on the ending. I've just kind of been. Why content. is that
0: not as good? Why is that not as? Why is not better? Uh, I think it's. I think it's
1: a good movie. I it's. I don't have a personal attachment to Five Hundred Days of Summer the way that I why? do. Why? Because you don't movie. like the soundtrack. <laughs> I mean, I actually don't like the soundtrack very much. But it's. Oh um, my god!
2: I I also think another sort of predecessor to this one is uh Scott Pilgrim, another Canadian. Yeah, another another Toronto North story. Another Toronto love story. Shout out Dan
0: the Automator, did the soundtrack for that one. It's it's Mm -hmm. a fucking good Uh, one. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah, that's a
1: good soundtrack. Uh,
0: But I also suggest this. If you want like a happy ending that is actually. To be clear, I don't
1: really like this happy ending. (laughs) I don't really like it. I don't know why you're painting me in this corner. Chang, what's your happy ending? I want to hear this. I want to hear
0: this. Uh, Just watch When Harry Met Sally.
1: Yeah, no, no. This movie is based on When Harry Met Sally.
0: Well, yeah, guess what?
1: Not as good. (laughs) No, of course not. I said at the beginning of this podcast, this movie is not the best rom com. I think When Harry Met Sally is the best rom com.
0: Let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsor. Today's episode of the Dave Chang Show is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. When it comes to scoring great hires for your business, you may be up against some obstacles like lots of applicants, but difficulty finding the right ones for your job, or finding time to hire while running your business. Plus trying to ensure workplace safety. That's why you need ZipRecruiter on your team. No matter the industry, healthcare to manufacturing, to business services, ZipRecruiter makes hiring faster and easier. And now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Chang. First, when you post a job on ZipRecruiter, it gets sent out to over 100 top job sites. Then ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology hustles for you to find people with the right experience for your job and invites them to apply. In fact, check out this stat, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. So add ZipRecruiter to your roster to help you win the hiring game. To try ZipRecruiter for free, my listeners can go to ZipRecruiter.com Chang. That's ZipRecruiter.com Chang, C-H-A-N-G, ZipRecruiter.com Chang. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. So why is this a bad movie club? Why should people look at this with a different perspective yeah, than... Okay, okay? that's a, what I want to yeah, get yeah, to.
1: Yeah, I, I have a whole thing that I wanted to get to, but... you prepared some remarks. It's not necessarily a bad movie in the qualitative sense, right? As I said, there's some really good moments. I think as a whole, it's it's an entertaining watch. It's more so a movie that was like completely overlooked at the time. And maybe it's because it's a Canadian flick, despite having some big names in it. It's, I mean... Daniel Radcliffe, obviously, but Adam Driver was just starting to enter the public conscious. Mackenzie Davis in Halt and Catch Fire. Zoe I, Kazan love, in- I
0: love fucking Kylo Ren so much. I would I watch him, him
1: just mow the lawn, dude. He's so him.
2: fucking
0: good. He is my spirit animal. I love everything that fucking guy does. <laughs>
1: He's so good. I mean, my favorite line reading in all of cinema is the, I just had sex. I'm about to eat nachos. It's <laughs> the greatest moment of my life. It's my favorite line reading. My favorite line reading in all of cinema. Um, God, he's so.
0: I'm so glad he's an actor because he shouldn't have been, and it's just amazing. <laughs>
1: um, there's that. But it was overlooked. I mean, it, got, it has 74% on the Rotten Tomatoes, which doesn't really mean much. 6.8 out of 10 on IMDb, 59 out of 100 on Metacritic. Those numbers don't really mean much, but it was like a mixed review. People were like, this is cute. But I do want to talk about like Why are comedies, comedies in general, not just romantic comedies, but comedy, entertainment, content, why is it always generally seen as lowbrow? And why are romantic comedies especially hand-waved? Because, to me, something that is comedic, something that is entertaining, something that makes you laugh, is a deeply satisfying entertainment experience. It doesn't have to say anything profound. It doesn't have to give you a moral for you to take away. If you have a really good time, maybe you can escape from the from the dreary everyday life for an hour and a half, two hours at a time, isn't that valuable? Shouldn't that be considered a really valuable thing if you can get a laugh? I just feel like it's, it's always put a tier below. It's always put in a different category than drama, than horror, than any other kind of storytelling. Like, anything that's comedic isn't supposed to be valuable or isn't I, supposed to be... I don't know be, if
0: I agree with that. I don't know if I agree with that.
1: That that's the way that it's looked?
0: No, I mean, if you go all the way back to like... Greek plays.
1: Yeah, I want... This is what know? I wanted to bring up is that it's a recent development. Comedy has been... I don't think
0: it's going to go away. I think comedy has been as, as acerbic and subversive as always. Yeah. I think it's just how you, people perceive it. And I don't know if this movie is trying to be subversive.
2: I Yeah, I, I mean, will say... So, Isaac, I take your point, but a couple of things. One, I, I don't think it's comedies that get written off. Like, comedy and drama, right, are the two poles of theater. But, like... I didn't, first of all, I didn't really laugh, except for maybe at that Adam Driver line. Yeah. I didn't really and laugh. And
0: when, when he got drunk.
2: And when he, <laughs> when the old he got people, drunk and yelling yeah, at yeah, the yeah. people playing
1: uh, Shoot a three-pointer.
2: <laughs> I did laugh at that. But yeah. I don't think it's comedies that get written off. I do think romantic comedies get written off, and I do think Especially it's because. Especially so, yeah. But I do think it's because of what you said, because I think romantic comedies often try to say something deep and end up with like, whether it's because of the studios or whatever yeah. it ends up with just like this happy ending fairy tale shit so do you take some like okay putting aside the entertainment value you mm-hmm. seem to take some other meaning from watching this movie right like is it just a feel good thing for you or do you like does it say something fulfill about love? the
0: prophecy Isaac fulfill <laughs> the prophecy Damn. this is what everyone has been waiting for once you let the world know what the meaning truly is about here it comes who knows what's gonna happen <laughs> okay.
1: Get ready. <laughs> wow. You just, you just set me up in, a, in an extremely high <laughs> stakes way that I do not know if I can fulfill. Um, first of all, I don't think there is some sort of deeper truth that any kind of romantic comedy is, is necessarily trying to get at. I think what this specific movie, What If, does that I enjoy more than in other romantic comedies is that. It doesn't paint the other person as a bad person, or it doesn't try to be like this is the good guy, this is the bad guy. It's very ambiguous in its morality. Should you be rooting for Wallace to end up with Chantry? I don't know. I've watched this over a hundred times. Sometimes I watch this, and I'm just like, I think Ben should end up with Chantry. Like Wallace is the bad guy in this story.
0: Can I add to that? What I did like about the comedic thing that I think maybe some people could relate to. Mm-hmm is when he's making out with Mackenzie, and then Zoe... Uh, wh- what's her name in the movie? Zoe Kazan, Chantry. Oh, Chantry. Like, Wallace imagines that
1: yeah, she's yeah, there. Yeah. Like
0: That's the kind of comedic When he's making out with Dahlia,
1: her sister. Yeah, yeah, yeah like,
0: yeah. I think it was so smart. And all the performances are great. Zoe Kazan is... She's such a good actress. Yeah. And obviously, Harry Potter is Harry Potter. But, like... <laughs> I I just, I thought like that when you bring up those moments of Uh, comedy and levity. Yeah. And again, like Mackenzie's as a foil for Chantry is great.
1: You're talking about Dahlia, Megan Parks' character. Dahlia, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: Because she is all about like cracking a joke, especially when they're at the beach and she's saying how like he assaulted her, all these things. And it's so deadpan. That's great. It's hilarious. I, I think it's so funny but I don't know why that couldn't be a little bit more structured throughout the film. It just was hit or miss for me on that. And I totally see what you're trying to say, that this kind of movie, this kind of genre is missed for meaning, mm-hmm. right? Like, it can't have meaning. And I don't even know what I'm trying to no, say. No, I, I think, I you're, hit, so on I this think you're
2: hitting it on the head, though, Chang. And, and Isaac, I think it goes to what you're saying, too. Like, the problem with a romantic comedy is that if you try to make it too entertaining, too much just about feel good, then you lose the truth nuggets. And if you try to make it too true, you lose the entertain you lose like the levity. So it's like that's why like romantic comedy is hard. Romance is drama and comedy is comedy. Well hold on. Romance is drama.
1: I want to challenge that statement. Is romance drama in your in your experiences has all of your romance in my life it is. (laughs) (laughs) Aren't there comedic kind of Things that can, The relatable things that happen in funny any... things happen to you
2: when you're like dating someone, when you're in love yeah. with somebody. But love is drama, dude. What are you talking about? Love is, love is the most dramatic fucking feeling you can experience.
1: Yeah, but the levity comes with that. True, I think rough. it's the same. It's the... <laughs> True. I, I'm rough. just saying it's it's all connected. Rough. Number one. <laughs> True, <rough. laughs> Oh man, yeah,
0: I hear you. But can I suggest something? We talk about they they wanted to use princess bride in the movie as like a foreshadowing of things well one of the reasons that movie is enduring while i challenge your assumption that like your statement that this kind of genre doesn't do it princess bride does do it it not only talks about fairy tales it literally is making fun of the romantic genre yeah true (laughs) like come on like everything about that movie william goldman is just trying to take the piss out of everything
1: yeah no absolutely i mean it's brilliant I mean, I'm not saying this is as good as The Princess Bride. <laughs> like, I think you're you're misunderstanding my entire stance approaching this. This is my favorite movie because I have a personal attachment to it, but I do have a larger kind of question. What we're of,
0: trying to get to again is why is the personal attachment? What is the reasoning? It's probably the I can. You can't handle the truth,
1: I. What the fuck? I just did you, or did you not? <laughs> order <the code> red? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> like I, I think that Chang uh, and I like fully accept this notion that you know rom-coms can have value. That you like, I think it's interesting. I actually do think it's really interesting that you brought a rom-com mm-hmm. to the table here. But like, I still like a hundred times, Isaac. Yeah, one hundred times.
1: Food. It's comfort food. I, you, I listen to the same songs thousands of times. I mean, it's comfort food. Even if it's a bad song, it's just like something that like I have personal memories and nostalgia and attachment to. But. Beyond that, I kind of want to continue to explore like, it doesn't have to have meaning. It, you're talking, Chris, you're talking in terms of whatever, love is is a drama and, you know, if there's comedic elements to it, that's so be it. But at the end of the day, it needs to convey something that's like truthful and, and relatable mm-hmm. on kind of a, a sentimental I'm just saying sense. it's hard to
2: do that. I'm just saying it's hard to do both in a cinematic form. Oh, no. Like, yeah, of course.
0: Meaningful. Of course. But I'm Can saying... Can we talk about something a little bit lighter okay. than this? Because I don't think we're ever going to get a resolution on uh, about this. All right. All right. Isaac won't spill the beans about uh, his personal life. <laughs> there isn't I know, which anything is, to spill. Yes, there is. Uh,
2: if, uh, listen, if, if anybody out there knows about Isaac's uh, personal life and wants to send oh the infor- information to AskDave at MajordomoMedia.com, please, <laughs> I check this email account every day. Please just send it in.
0: <laughs> if you broke his heart, I will fuck you up. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, No. Dave, what do you got? What do you want to talk about here? What do you want to talk about? I will break your
1: heart. <laughs> Literally. All my, all my exes right now are shivering in their boots. Yeah, Jesus
0: guess. Christ. Don't you pick on my little brother.
1: <laughs> uh, anyways, Dave, Dave um, what were you saying?
0: The moment that we laughed, Grace and I laughed out loud. And why... Actually, you know what? The movie's good. It just... Mm-hmm. Again, ended on a flat note for me. Mm-hmm. That's That being said, there are moments where I just really enjoyed it. The marriage hmm. is what Grace and I were laughing because that's what we wanted to do. Oh, the wedding? We wanted to have an engagement. Oh! A, a engagement yeah, party yeah, with yeah. just some of Grace's parents, my parents, and just some close friends. And you just say, actually... And to do it in a place where it's a little bit difficult to get to... And we planted, really, I plotted a lot of this out. And we just tell people, actually, we're getting fucking married. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just the coolest fucking thing. I love that. And I love that it was a genuine wedding. I love that it wasn't a joke. And I think that's something that we should hopefully have more of instead of this formulaic thing. And I'm going to say that's a little bit more symbolic in the movie because they were trying very hard To show the union of people isn't always cut and dry. There are other different ways. And that's why I'm still let down by this movie at the end, because you never, ever see that in a film. The marriage is this vehicle for comedic hijinks Mm -hmm. or drama or whatever. It upended that moment for marriage in a movie, right? Mm -hmm. And it was like, hey, we're just going to fucking shotgun this thing. We're getting married. But it just does disjointed. Like, that's the moment that I'm, li- I'm loving. And besides, personally, that's what we want to do. We still elope. Grace and I still eloped mm-hmm. uh, to the dismay of everybody that we know. <laughs> um, uh-huh. But, like, that's the thing. is like, we want moments where you're not following the trends of ever- anyone else. And I really, ad- I, re- I like that. And I just don't understand why you couldn't have more of that. Mm. Because it's peppered throughout the film, Right. You don't have a date where you're talking about fucking stool, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're not having a date about a lot of these conversations, and and you know a really good conversation again was when Harry Potter's and uh, <laughs> <laughs> Zoe Kazan Chantry they're calling each other assholes after they've they went yeah school. that was, really, like, that was that well that is a real argument. That's some real. And that
2: was some real theater. That was very good.
0: Really good, and I, I was like, I, I was like. I've never been that guy before. And like, Grace is like, you're that guy all the fucking time. You are an asshole. You're that guy all
1: the fucking time. I'm like, fuck. That's amazing.
0: You know, and and they didn't have the resolution. Like that is a moment where it challenges convention. You think they're going to fuck in the sleeping bag. But they don't. they
1: don't. They fight.
2: That was a very true to life moment too. I I think that was very good. I think that like, you think they're gonna? It's gonna culminate like Adam Driver and and his wife have left them naked on the beach with one sleeping bag. And you're like, here it is. It's finally gonna happen.
0: The shot of them smoking, like lighting one cigarette, four, like cigarettes. four cigarettes. Yeah, Mackenzie Davis. It just like tells you so much.
1: Yeah, yeah, right.
0: But it didn't, and I don't know, man. Like
1: you're saying, the focus was on the kind of wrong storyline. You kind of wanted to follow a different the theme that's sprinkled. Yeah, it
0: surprised me. He and I think the only potential solution was. Him actually like if they could leave the airport, it would have been much cooler if he walked out with Chantry's sister, Dahlia. Right? Like that would have been hilarious. A little bit like mm-hmm. Harry Potter. I didn't read the books at the time. <laughs> I thought he's definitely gonna be like with Hermione walking out with Hermione, but not uh-huh. with you know Weasley little Weasley. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I was I'll be honest, like that little bummed me out, but I was like, no, that's real. Yeah. That's real. That's real. And that's a fucking book about wizards and this is something about real life and they gave me some bullshit wizard ending.
1: So, yeah, they do. And the movie does flirt a lot with being subversive. It flirts a lot with it, but never actually fully gets there. At the end of the day, it comes back to the tropes. Is, that's what you're lamenting right now, right? And I agree with you. I 100% agree with you. That's a very valid You know valid what I actually critique.
2: think is like, uh, what was like a, a nice way of... So you, do you guys remember like how there's something about Mary ended? Like that was, that was like mm-hmm. a similar thing, right? Like everybody's fucking lying to get with Mary mm-hmm. and like, that's a forgotten thing. And that movie is hilarious as hell. It like broke all kinds of tropes. It destroyed the romantic comedy genre. It upended everything. And then it had that very true moment at the end where like Ben Stiller's like, we're all fucking liars, but look, I develop like, you can't, the lie detector test is her brother who like will only can only respond to like a true relationship. Like that was cool. But like that's why I think romantic comedy is so hard to pull off. It's so hard to be like 100 mile an hour laughs and then some kind of like
1: very emotional nugget. You have to swing between the two two ends of the spectrum in terms of emotional engagement. It's super yeah. hard. All right, let me talk about a couple. Let's just hit some rapid fire
2: stuff here. One thing I liked, I liked... There's some funny food shit here. I think that Fool's yeah. Gold sandwich is pretty amazing. The Elvis sandwich, a loaf of bread covered in butter, stuffed with a whole jar
1: of peanut butter and jelly, and eight strips of bacon. Yeah, I do want to ask about that. Like, have you have you ever like seen this? I, I didn't know this kind of thing yes. existed. You've we seen actually it.
0: had in the very first year of Momofuku, we had a uh, pastry chef that worked for us, and uh-huh. she put on a cupcake called the Elvis, which was had bacon crisp. God, there's so many moments I totally forgot. It was delicious. She was so talented. Oh, wow. um, we had cupcakes on for like, I don't know, a few months. I don't remember I, that. That's crazy. Nobody knows this. this. This is when nobody even cared about us. And I remember tasting it and like, what is this flavor? Banana bacon? And she said, oh, yeah, this is what Elvis ate. I said, that's fucking wild.
2: <laughs> that's crazy. That was at the, wow. at the OG noodle bar, is that what you said?
0: Yeah, OG noodle bar. Wow. So I was I, I was familiar with that. Yeah. You're familiar, familiar
1: with, with Elvis's extreme eating habits. I like that Harry Potter ordered fried pickles. I yeah. I liked that we saw that. And he says he says um, the whole premise of deep frying is it makes everything taste better. Do you it's agree true. with this? <laughs>
0: Well, listen, I've had that kind of conversation. I mean, some of the conversations that, again, where you can see they're one-on-one is excellent. And you can see that was lifted from a play because I've had these kinds of conversations. I think we all had, Mm -hmm. like, how could you not eat fried foods? What the fuck is wrong with you?
2: And they're all very good at delivering that banter, I got to say. All of them are good at delivering it in a naturalistic way that doesn't feel forced. Uh, I do think that there are some light notes of anti-Asian racism in this movie. There absolutely is, yes. When when they're cruising through Chinatown and, She's like, we're all like the crazy animals where you don't know if it's like an animal or food. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to see the weird shit. And I was yeah. like,
1: ugh. ugh. Yeah, no, it's definitely, that's throughout the movie too. There's the whole thing about Eurasia and how it should be one continent, but because the Europeans don't want to be looped in with the Asians, they call themselves yeah. Europe.
0: I'll never forget a very important TV personality where I film something with them and they were like, they meet me for the first time and we're in uh, eating, I won't say we- where, but we're eating food that's unfamiliar to them. And they said, where do we find this weird shit? Yep. Yep. <laughs> Man, yep. it smells so bad here. It's so fucking weird. I'm looking at them being like, if the world only knew
1: yeah. Man, that you, you are saying, this way. It's, yeah, yeah. it's lamentable that that's the way that, that's a sentiment that exists out there and that it was depicted in, in film form.
0: By the way, sure. shout out to Toronto, Chinatowns. They have uh, two
1: Chinatowns, right? More. They have eight. Eight? Wow. They yeah. had eight.
0: It is a very robust... They're China burbs, really. Markham's amazing. Scarborough's got some. A lot. I think a lot of it was probably filmed in Scarborough. But you can't say that. If you're going to walk through Chinatown, particularly mm. the downtown Chinatown, like near the center of Toronto where they were walking through, there's fucking Chinese food everywhere. I don't know what the fuck they were talking about. Yeah.
2: You know who I blame? You know why I blame for that? Because they do a, a roundup of Daniel Radcliffe's and, and Chantry's exes. Mm. I blame the Asian guy she dated. Yeah. She evidently dated a date guy. She like, evidently dated what the fuck, an Asian bro? guy. Yeah. You didn't train her up. Didn't what educate the hell, her. hell,
1: man. It's bullshit, dude. <sighs> Asian men, when we, whenever we date out of our also, own race, we gotta. You, did, did, it wasn't very gotta make clear. Sure.
0: Did Daniel Radcliffe get cheated on, or did he actually break up with her for no other reason? Because it doesn't make sense why he would listen to her message for 370 days in a row.
2: It sounds like she caught her making out with that yeah. professor or
1: something. The professor, by the way, is Elon Mastai who, who wrote the movie. But he broke up with her because she cheated on him. Like the same way that his parents did. Also, when he's sitting on his roof checking his iPhone,
2: listening to his messages on his iPhone, he's sitting next to a, an old school analog TV antenna. So mm-hmm. this household has iPhones, but they still have antenna TV, <laughs> evidently.
1: Yeah. By the way, it is a set and a green screen because they couldn't put Daniel Radcliffe on an actual roof. For How did you know
0: this? how many times have you watched the the DVD commentary I've read
1: read every article I've seen every interview this this is is my favorite movie of all time and yet you have not emailed (laughs) yameter at (laughs) me.com
2: alright Dave you own the movie now would you watch this again or what
0: I mean it depends (laughs) if I have this it depends if I have a fetish for this movie like Isaac
1: does (laughs) (laughs) Uh, do you think Grace will watch it again
0: it wasn't her cup of tea wow exactly she liked it I just it doesn't have, for me, the rewatchability of When Harry Met Sally, a movie that I've yeah. seen a hundred times. And I love it in Harry Met Sally simply because I am now older than the characters in the film. Yeah. And that movie is timeless for me. I don't know if anybody else, because you can watch that as a college kid. You can. I first watched it when I was like 15. I was like, I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. <laughs> and then you watch it in college, and, and then you watch it in your mid-20s, and then you watch it in your early 30s, and then you watch it yeah. when you're 40. And each time it has a different meaning to you. This doesn't have the the simplistic complexity of When Harry Met Sally.
1: Whoa, the simplistic complexity. Okay. I think it
0: tries too hard and falls short of its lofty goals. So, no, I don't think I would. But I would watch the terrific acting. Mm -hmm. And I would watch it probably just to see Adam Driver be a fucking amazing actor. Yeah. And all the acting performances are so, so good. But... It would be something where I would watch moments if I was slipping through the channels, not the yep. whole thing. Mm-hmm. And like you already are skipping through stuff, yeah. Isaac. You you skip through some moments of the film. Yeah. What about you, Ying? I think it'll stick with me. I don't think I'll ever watch it again unless it just happens to be on or
2: something, or you know, Isaac has a watch party or something. But I <laughs> uh, no, I'll remember that nacho line. I'll remember Adam Driver's scenes. I'll remember some of the plot here. I I I think like there were definitely some standout things that will stick with me.
0: But I still disagree. This is a bad movie club. It's not. I don't know why we're doing this, other than you (laughs) like this movie. Because bad Uh movie club. Now, as we've done this, you know, we've done Demolition Man because it predicts the future. (laughs) Um, Best of the best. We thought it was an amazing movie. It falls short upon future viewings. I think we're. Bad Movie Club really came into view was when we did it with Eddie Huang doing The Last Dragon, where a movie that we believe is fantastic, but the rest of the world may not see it as clearly as we do, which is why I was excited to do this movie, because I was like, maybe Isaac is seeing something about the intrinsic value of this film that is meaningful to him and will be meaningful to others, but there's something that prevents people from understanding it. Uh-huh. And I think it falls short.
1: Okay. I mean, just to push back a little bit on that. I mean, I, I'll, take that, I'll take that critique. I think that's your you right. You had
0: a demolition, man, so this is the least I can do. Quick
1: pro <laughs> motherfucker. Quick <laughs> pro <laughs> No, but I, I just think in terms of things that I like that other people hand wave or misunderstand is, is this genre. Like, people just, they're just like, this is lowbrow, like, whatever, only kind of like sappy people like this kind of thing. Like, I don't... I just think that's a really narrow-minded way to look at films and look at entertainment and be like, if it's entertaining, then why is that not enough for you to watch it and like it? Like, it's kind of the same way I feel about pop music because like pop music is great, but by the mere fact that it is popular and that it is it is produced well and the the mere idea that a lot of people like it will turn people off. It's like, oh, this pop, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like, you listen to the latest Taylor Swift record. It's like It's great. People, it's awesome. But people joke about pop music. People joke about Taylor Swift. Like, is she uh, the most serious musician in the world? No, but the record's amazing. Like, why do we always put art in, in this kind of two categories? Like, it's a consumer product or it's art. Art in the kind of like capital A art way. Like, why Why is there not a more gray area in between? Well, here's why this is,
2: this is a little confusing. And I, and I do think this all warrants a, a, a conversation about how we really frame Bad Movie Club and, and maybe even rename it. But, like, yeah. We probably should rename it.
0: This is like the, the Excelsior Challenge.
1: <laughs> if we don't use this it for movie, the other one,
2: we got to use it for this, this one. This movie actually would have been a good, like, Twentieth episode of Bad Movie Club, where all the other movies are like underappreciated subcultural films that the mainstream rejected, and then mm-hmm. your argument here would be like, "But the mainstream loves rom com, and I'm trying to yeah. show the value of that thing." So I, I appreciate what you're what you're talking about. But can I tell um, you a
0: movie that was more subversive that I think is a good Bad Movie Club idea mm-hmm. is Rebel Wilson's "Isn't It Romantic"?
2: Oh wow! I've not seen okay. this. I've not seen this from last year, which
0: is. Yeah, which is, I think a very smart movie, it can get a little bit tiring mm-hmm. because it's the same sort of like a play on all the romantic comedies out there, but it doesn't take it too seriously. I think it's a good movie. Like, yeah, I laughed. It
1: was funny. It wasn't particularly memorable think? to me, but I, I thought it was good. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Which is why I'm asking, I still don't understand the, <laughs>
1: your conceit for this movie.
0: He's uh. like, no one says that it's bad. <laughs> No, but
1: people People haven't watched this movie Like not a lot of people Watch this movie I always like I'll bring it up In, in casual conversation Or whatever No one's seen this movie
0: Yeah, but you know why? Because yeah, people don't want to Fucking read Romeo and Juliet That's
1: a good ending
0: <laughs> That's yeah. a fucking good ending
1: Because they both Commit suicide? Yeah uh, yeah. Oh
0: my God. yeah. I mean, you don't expect that
2: Come Who on. would uh, Who would win in a fight? Harry Potter or Kylo Ren? <laughs> In their in their characters, yeah, no, not. I don't mean Daniel Radcliffe versus Adam Driver. <laughs> I mean that's not a question. Who would win, Kylo uh, that's Ren? A, that's versus a Harry really Potter? good
1: question because Kylo Ren's a, obviously a powerful kind of Jedi, well Sith ish, and then Harry Potter is is a powerful wizard. Um, the
0: most powerful wizard.
1: Well, yeah. yeah once he well. There's a contingent of, of Harry Potter fandom that alleges that because Voldemort was inside Harry Potter, spoiler alert for Harry Potter, because there was the vo- part of Voldemort's soul in Harry, that's what made him powerful. But
0: so you're saying this movie, the what if, is the last Horcrux? <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> Tie Mind it all blowing. together. Tie it all together. That's it.
2: There's no there's no better way to end this. <laughs> all right. That's it. All right.
0: Um. Well, that is our conversation of what if the F word filmed in Toronto with an excellent cast um, I still don't think we have a resolution
1: on this film <laughs> no we'll let the Not listeners decide we'll let, we'll let the listeners comment and what they think
0: and let us know if you want more opinions from Isaac huh? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's going to be unilaterally and, and universally no no no, no. no. I,
0: I'm really glad that we did this movie simply because it ended the the frat bro fest mm-hmm. films that you know
2: no more kung fu shit for my I mean, no more kung fu shit <laughs> just for a minute for a minute for, yeah, a minute for a minute
0: no it was a good change of pace and I and I did like the movie I just didn't love 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 it and I want to I want to see everything through your eyes Isaac because it'll, make, oh, this oh, it'll wow. make this podcast better it'll make this
1: podcast better trying to butter me up now that you've insulted my favorite movie for a past <laughs> I've not hour. insulted it
0: I've simply said that it does not reach the high <laughs> yeah, levels yeah, of yeah. expectation yeah, you know, yeah,
1: I yeah. also stand by what Chang
2: said like you hated on Demolition Man so I know, hard I know. and Chang and I this both is... were like we've seen that movie 25 times I know apiece. I know quid pro quo I know
0: <laughs> I took four years of Latin and that's the only Latin I fucking know <laughs> <laughs>
2: E pluribus unum, guys. E pluribus unum. Um,
0: Anyway, uh, give us five stars. We will... Give us more uh, ideas for Bad Movie Club. And if you agree with this assessment that Isaac's, you know, searingly hot take that (laughs) the world doesn't give a shit about rom-coms, prove us wrong. And more specifically, if you disagree with Isaac, send him your thoughts at askdave at majordomomedia.com. And... (laughs) Again, we still have that open job listing for producer for <laughs> the DJ <Dan K> Show. <laughs>
1: Send oh, that in. Oh my
0: god. Um, no, but seriously, Isaac, we love you, hey. and it means a lot that you would share your favorite movie. And and by no means, I I, I really want to watch this, and I'm glad that you chose it. And Thank I don't you. mean that in a in a jokey way. I think it it tells you a lot about you that you'd be willing to share your like most intimate movie with the world. So thank you for doing that.
1: Thank you for, for agreeing to do it and thank you for having me on the podcast as always. You just ruined my plate of nachos. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: we, we, before we go, we want to let you know that we have a big announcement next week and I will just leave it at that. So stay tuned. It involves podcasts. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Excelsior. 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 <laughs>